With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. After taking care of the Cleveland Indians in the Wild Card Series, the Yankees now move on to Petco Park in San Diego. They have a tough task at hand as they'll take on division rival Tampa Bay Rays. We're going to break down the series and more on this brand new episode of the Pinstripe Talk podcast, which begins right now. You are listening to the Pinstripe Talk podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Pinstripe Talk podcast, powered to you by Delahanty Media. I am your host, Nick Delahanty. There's been a lot of baseball going on, and to be quite honest with you, As an avid baseball fan, I've absolutely loved it. We've had some drama. We've had some good series. We've had some really good baseball. But now we look ahead to the second round, the division series matchup, as the players, coaches, and all personnel are now included in a personalized bubble, just like the NHL and the NBA and the WNBA have already successfully done and continue to do over the time span. For the New York Yankees, it's simple. After taking care of the Cleveland Indians in a two-game series, a very crazy and intense series at that, the Bronx Bombers look ahead to their upcoming matchup with division rival, the Tampa Bay Rays. It's going to be a crazy series if everything goes how the regular season has come to fruition. Over the last couple of years, you guys already know the Yankees and Rays are not very friendly with each other. So you might see some sparks fly. You might see the energy at an all-time high There won't be fans in the seats. We're not going to the dump that they call Tropicana Field. And the Rays, unfortunately, don't make their way to Yankee Stadium. However, the situation still remains the same. Both teams are vying for three wins in this series to move on to the American League Championship Series. So on today's show, 
We're going to break it all down for you. We'll look ahead to some of the pitching matchups that we already know. We'll break down the keys for the Yankees to win this series and much, much more. But before we do that, reminder, follow us on social media on Twitter at PinstripeTalkND. My personal account at Nick underscore Delahanty. Find us on Facebook by searching up Pinstripe Talk Podcast. As I mentioned earlier in the show, our podcast is powered to you by Delahanty Media. Check out our website, DelahantyMedia.com. You can buy gear from our team store, support our brand, and be a public advertiser for our show. All proceeds raised go directly toward our media brand and improving our content. So please help us out. We do already appreciate the support. And as always, you know, our shows are available on all podcasting platforms. Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate, and review the show on there iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, you name it, the show is there available for you. So obviously, if you guys found our show, you knew how to find us. But we have some homework for you. Yes, I am a teacher, so I'd like to give you some homework. Share our link with a friend. Let them join in on our Yankees talk. And we'll continue to give you guys content as the Yankees move along in this postseason. And like I say all the time, hopefully it's a very long and deep postseason run where we have a lot of content to discuss. But Only time will tell in regards to that, but continue to follow the brand, continue to support the show. Uh, The numbers of the podcast have been tremendous over the last couple of weeks. We've been really active in our show uh, distribution, you know, getting shows out on a regular basis, making sure that we're keeping you up to date with everything and anything going on with the New York Yankees. And in turn, we appreciate that you guys are along for the ride with us. And it's, you know, something that I can't stress enough. How important, because without you guys, there would be no need for our show. So I definitely appreciate and I thank you all for tuning in on a regular basis. Now, getting into this series, you know, there's a lot to digest here. And before you get into anything on the field, you have to make a note that these two teams hate each other. And it's kind of that bad blood type of feel that we're so used to with the Boston Red Sox. You know, in the past, you can recall the different uh, brawls and encounters that the two teams had, but it just feels like over the past couple of years, the Rays have really replaced the Red Sox as that bitter rival that the Yankees have, and you can go back to 2017 for all that matter and really stress the the amount of times that these two have gone head-to-head and batted heads with each other. Now, they're in a bubble in San Diego, like I mentioned, and they're in the same hotel, and Kevin Kiermaier from the Rays came out and said, oh, we don't like them, and they don't like us. I have to admit, I laughed at that kind of quote from him. Because number one, what are we, five? Oh, they don't like us. We don't like them. You sound like a baby, bro. You're a grown man. Yeah, obviously, they don't like us. We don't like them. Because you're competitors. You want to win. The Yankees want to win. It's part of the game. You don't like how things are handled. The Yankees don't like the way you handle things. It's part of the game. And and you know what? There's bad blood. But to come out and sound like a baby just makes me laugh you know it is what it is and then you get a quote from a guy like Brett Gardner who is very wise for his age obviously he's one of the elder statesmen in the game but Gardner said you know what it's not ideal obviously you don't want to be in the same hotel as those people you don't really like them but you know you say hello you you move along and you be the bigger person you deal with it on the field you let your play do the talking and simple as that you know that's how the Yankees really need to handle this this is not a time or a place where there should be any bad blood in, in terms of retaliation or anything or or things like that. You know, you got to be very careful. I'm sure that Major League Baseball is going to keep an eye on 
on the inside pitches and, and hit by pitches. And if it becomes an issue, they might throw people out. Obviously, in a playoff situation, you're not thinking that a player or players would throw intentionally at somebody, but you never do know. You know, baseball is a crazy sport. Crazier things have happened. So the microscope will definitely be on, especially Aroldis Chapman, you have to figure, because of his past history. But again, if you're expecting this series to be full of brawls and benches clearing situations and hit by pitches, then I'm sorry to tell you, but you're mistaken. Because I think that both teams really have turned their eyes to the prize, and that's to move on in the postseason. You don't want to have a situation where you have a pitcher suspended or ejected from a game and that cost you that game because you might not live to see that next day. That might be an elimination type of situation and it really would not pan out for either side. So, yeah, baseball fans or, or fans of sports in general want to see these two go at it. But the way you're going to see it go them go at it is by the play on the field. You're not going to see any kind of regular season type of situations where guys get into brawls or things like that. So if I was a betting man, I would say that it's probably going to be a little calmer than people think. Obviously, these teams don't like each other, but the motivation will be to win the ball games and beat their respective rival. And you know what? I think that's the right way to approach it. And Gardner's approach to it is right. You know, there you encounter people you don't like every single day or you don't get along with. But the best way to handle it, say hello keep moving and, and you know what you don't nobody said you have to break bread with the person or hang out with them and you know it's a big enough hotel where you can distance yourself and in this time and age where social distancing is a factor you know what just keep your distance and and go from there so I liked what Gardner said I, I hope that that message was relayed to the Yankees and I'm sure it was but I think that the the bigger picture here is that the eye is on the prize and that's moving on to the American League Championship Series but again I think that this bad blood that these two are resonating and, and bringing into this series is good for the sport because I think that coming in, there's a lot of motivation on both sides. Number one, the Rays beat the Yankees 8-2 to two this year in terms of wins. It was a 10-game series. The Rays took eight of those contests. They outscored them. They outslugged them. They hit better with runners in scoring position. They essentially owned the New York Yankees. So going into the series, if you're the Rays, you have to be saying to yourself, you know, we were the better team throughout the entire regular season. We had the best record in, in the American League. We think that we're the best team that's still left in this competition. So you're going in sky high thinking, you know, nobody's going to beat you except for yourself. And if you're the Yankees, you have to have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. Losing 8 of 10 to a division rival, finishing 7 games behind them in the standings, and not fully having a whole team for the majority of the season. You know, go back to the series with the Rays. Did the Yankees even have their full lineup for even one of those contests? If I was a betting man, I would probably say no. Obviously, I don't know off the top of my head, and, and that's something that you have to really look into. But I would say that for the majority of it, they were banged up. There was at least one or two guys missing every single time they competed. So, you know, what? I think the Yankees have a chip on their shoulder going in because, you know, they took care of Cleveland. They beat the Cy Young Award winner and Shane Bieber. And there's still people that are doubting that they're a World Series caliber team. And yeah, I know there's doubts, and we're going to get into some of those doubts later on in the show. But I think that they have a lot to prove. And if you're going off the at-bats that they had against the guys like Bieber and Carrasco, you have to imagine that these guys are starting to get locked in and starting to feel it at the plate. And 
you know, nothing against the Rays starting pitching because I think Snell, Glasnow, and Morton are a great one, two, three punch. But if you're looking at it, you know, the Yankees have faced good pitching and have done relatively well against it in the recent past. You know, looking at that Cleveland series, Bieber's better than anybody the Rays have. Carrasco's up there. You know, I would probably take Snell and, and possibly Glasnow. But, you know, they're not invincible. And I think that's the thing that the Yankees have to expose. Get to leads early. Get on top. Really put the pressure on and make Kevin Cash go to the bullpen earlier than anticipated. Because, let's face it, the Rays have a really good bullpen. They have a lot of good arms in that pendant. Like Cash said, he has a, a stable of guys who can throw 98 miles per hour. That's really great. Everybody does, but, you know, it is what it is. If you have to go to the bullpen earlier, it's really going to dictate how your series is going to go because, remember, there's no off days. So you're playing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, if you need a game for Thursday, if you need a game five Friday. So that might be five consecutive days where you're not going to be able to use your top relievers all those days. Look at Aaron Boone. He doesn't like to use guys more than back-to-back days. So let's use a, a situation. I'm going to throw this out there. Say Cole goes seven innings in game one. And the Yankees go to Britain in the eighth, Chapman in the ninth. If Tanaka goes five innings in game two, if Tanaka's on the mound, Britain goes again, Chapman goes again, what happens in a game three? Especially if you have a 2 nothing lead. What, how do you handle that? It's going to be a little bit of a tricky situation for these managers because you're going to really have to play it out and see how the games go, and you're going to see these managers try to mix and match to try to keep their guys fresh and active throughout the series because if this goes five, the advantage is going to go to the team whose bullpen is most rested, whose starters get the most of their opportunities. And let's also remember, the Yankees starting pitching, other than Garrett Allen Cole, has been mediocre at best. You know, Tanaka's been inconsistent. We talked about that on our last show. You don't know what you're going to get from a Davey Garcia a Jay Happ, a Jordan Montgomery. So there are a lot of question marks surrounding this Yankee starting pitching. And obviously, you hope that Cole gets you seven or you know even more innings in game one and that you win that ball game because it puts you in a really good spot. But you have to get something out of Tanaka. You have to get something out of whoever does, in fact, start in that line of succession behind Cole because, like I said, there's no days off. There's no room for error. And the more innings that your starting pitching gets you, the better off you're going to be. And the Rays have the good starting pitching. They have Blake Snell. They have Tyler Glass now. Uh, Charlie Morton. They have some good quality arms that could get them deep into the ballgame. So there are a couple of things to look for uh, there. Here are some of my keys to the series. Number one, I'm going to go back to the starting pitching. They have to get something out of their starting rotation. And I think that if you're looking at game one in a perspective, it's more meaningful and there's more severity in winning game one for the Yankees than there is for the Tampa Bay Rays, and here's why. If the Yankees win game one, obviously Cole does his thing, you win the game. You're in a better position to force the series deeper. And I think for the Yankees, you have to make sure that you're in that opportunity because say Cole loses game one, now you're down and you have to rely on the likes of Tanaka, Garcia, Montgomery, Happ to win you two games to get Cole even a possible Game 5 start if they elect to bring him back on 4 days rest. So, you know, there are a lot of moving parts, but that first game is huge. And I think that Cole's going to be ready. Obviously, he looked really good against Cleveland. Tampa's been 
pretty good against him this year. Uh, E-Man Choi seems to have his number. Hopefully he doesn't let the long ball to him or, or let him dominate the game. But, you know, you expect Cole to do his thing. And I think that the importance for the Yankees to win game one, knowing they're starting pitching woes as of late, really go into a perspective and, and really put more emphasis on coming out with a bang in game one. So that's my key. Win game one, obviously, you take it game by game. You hope Cole could get the most out of his start and then the bullpen could finish it up. And then the other starting pitchers, you know, they have to get the Yankees at least five to six innings of work. It may be Tanaka. It may be half. It doesn't matter who it is. They have to be effective. They have to keep the score low. They have to make sure that they keep the Yankees in a position to win the ball game. Too many inconsistencies from them this year. But now is a challenging time. You know, Tanaka's been really good in the postseason. Looks really bad. And, and you know, you can make the case that the rain delay hurt him in, in the AL wildcard series. But he didn't look like the Tanaka of old. The velocity was down. There are signs of concern. You need at least, and, I, and I'm saying this lightly, at least five innings out of Tanaka. You really do. You need at least five solid innings. You hope that he could pitch into the sixth inning. You'll take that and run with it. And then with Happ and, and Garcia or Montgomery, whoever ends up being the starters behind, you just hope that they give you quality outings and they don't get roughed up. Get the ball to the bullpen in a tie game or a close game and let the offense go to work. And, and that's on the pitching end, you know, on the starting pitching end. That's a big a portion of this series. And I really think that the Yankees starting pitching is going to determine who wins this series. If the Yankees starting pitching could keep up with Tampa, they'll be in a good spot. It's a matter of what the starting pitching does moving forward. And then you look at the bullpen. You cannot, and I repeat, cannot have a situation where Aaron Boone overtaxed some of those guys in the back end of the bullpen in game two because... Like I said on our last show, what would have happened if the Yankees ended up losing game two? They would have had to come back after throwing so many pitches, most of them throwing multiple innings, and then you'd have to probably rely on them in a game three where you would have had Jay Happ on the mound, and who knows how long he goes in that ball game. So it would have been a tricky situation. I think that it would have been in favor of Cleveland. That's why winning it in two games was such a big deal for the Bronx Bombers. And again, they have to be more effective. Hopefully, Britain has it. Hopefully, Chapman has it. Green, Lewiska, somebody's going to have to step up and, and fill the void. And they're going to have to get quality outs. You know, you can't walk batters. Britain had that trouble in, in Game 2 of the AL Wildcard Series. You can't put guys on. You can't give them free passes. And another guy that's going to have to play a big role in this series, and whether you like it or not, is Adam Adovino. They're paying him. The guy is was one of the elite relievers in the game last year. Really took a fall off this year. Who knows if the shortened season got to him or what the deal is with him. But he's going to be a guy that's going to be relied on to pitch quality innings in this series and get big outs. You're going to see the likes of Jonathan Holder and Luis Sessa and Adam Adovino. You're going to have to. And in a short series like this, you're going to have to have all hands on deck. And those guys are going to play a valuable role. And like we said before, the Rays bullpen is very good. They're not invincible. The Yankees have a good bullpen. They're not invincible. We saw that in Game 2 and in the Wild Card Series. Obviously, you know, everybody has bad days or everybody struggles at times. It is what it is, but you have to really buckle down and get those quality outs. And Boone has to do a better job of really putting his relievers in the best position to succeed. You know, give a Chapman a clean inning or a Loisica. Throw these guys into situations where... They're built for success, not for failure. You know, and Loisica's a big one. I, I would have stayed with Britain in that 
situation where they pinch hit Naylor. I, I really would have. I would have let him face the righty, even though he walked the previous two batters. But Loisica comes in and lets up an RBI double, and it looks bad for him because he's a guy who's been really good at times and really bad at other times, and he's trying to find his role. And I still like Loisica. I trust in him, but I would trust in him a lot more if he had clean innings to work with. And same with guys like Chapman and Britton and Green. Try to put these guys in predicaments where they could be successful. And I understand that it happens in the game that, you know, things don't work out the way you plan them to. But I just felt that the bullpen was not only overtaxed a bit in that game too, but they were put in predicaments where you almost felt like they were set up to fail. And not on Boone's end, obviously, because if you think Aaron Boone's really trying to make his relievers fail, there's something probably not right. Uh, in your logic in terms of how you're thinking about that because, you know, Boone wants to obviously win. He's the manager of the New York Yankees. There's no two ways about it. But he's a guy that I just feel his bullpen decisions have been a little questionable and it does concern me moving forward. And before we go into the offensive side of the ball, let's just stick with Boone. It's going to be a battle of the managers. And listen, I know Yankee fans probably don't want to hear this because, you know, he's on the opposing side, but I think Kevin Cash is a really good manager. Now, I ducked to make sure nobody threw anything at me. But if you look at the numbers, if you look what the Rays have done under Cash, and you look at the way he manages games, Cash is a top 10, if not top 5 manager in the game, whether you like it or not. And if this series comes down to managing and, and who has the upper hand and who makes the better decisions, I definitely think that Tampa has a little bit of an upper edge here. You know, if you're looking at it, Cash really knows how to work his bullpen guys. He really knows how to mix and match. His roster's full of guys who, you know, may not be marquee names, but they get the job done. They know their role. They embrace their role. And Boone's got a whole different situation to work with. He's got guys in the lineup that, you know, some guys are in the lineup because of their long-term stay with the team. Some guys are in the lineup because of their big contract. Some guys are in the lineup because they're, a young guy with potential, but just haven't found it out yet this year. So the two situations are totally different. But if it comes down to managerial decisions and who outsmarts the other, the upper edge has to go to Kevin Cash. And I hope Boone proves me wrong, but that's one big concerning issue for me moving into this series. And then finally, the offensive side of the ball. And before, obviously, I understand we got to get to defense too. But if you're looking offensively, If the Yankees hit the way they did against Cleveland, they should have no problem in this series. However, Tampa's bullpen's better than Cleveland's, in my opinion, and you're going to see quality starting pitching. They have to really, I mean really, dig deep and be patient at the plate. Swing at good pitches. Don't expand the strike zone. Do the little things well. They have to hit with runners in scoring position. You know, the long ball could come, and hopefully it does, and hopefully it comes in bunches. But if the long ball is not there, you have to hit with runners in scoring position. So it's a big thing that, you know, the situational hitting is going to be key. The moving runners over, sack flies if needed. You know, the the little things are going to help win this series because every run is going to count. Every hit is going to matter. They're going to have to make the most of their opportunities because knowing that you're facing a good pitching staff, the damage may be limited because of how good they are. So you got to limit the strikeout. you got to put the ball in play. Avoid the double play ball. This team hits into way too many double plays for my liking. And really dig deep because it's going to be a challenge. And I think the Yankees offense is ready for it. A lot of the guys that you see, especially like Stanton, 
you see these guys getting locked in. And, and one way to really determine if they're getting locked in is they're not chasing many bad pitches. Obviously, everybody chases bad pitches or swings at, at balls that aren't necessarily strikes. But if you're able to have that plate discipline, you're forcing that pitcher to attack you and give you pitches that you can hit. So to see guys like Stanton and Urshela and LeMahieu having good at-bats, and, and you can go down the list, it really does send a positive message. And yeah, obviously you have a little bit of a layoff from, from the last contest, but you know I think this Yankees offense will be ready to go. And they'll have a tough opponent in Blake Snell in Game 1, but it's not a face that they haven't seen. They definitely have seen their fair share of Snell and have to go in with a game plan and adjust to that game plan if need be. And of course, the Yankees obviously have to play good defense. That goes without being said. They can't beat themselves by making boneheaded plays. So if you're looking at this series as a whole, defensively, the Yankees have to really shore up their defensive struggles. And hopefully if Aaron Boone's holding a two-run lead and decides to take out Luke Voigt to make a defensive improvement, hopefully it doesn't come back to bite him because in Game 2, that almost hurt them. Now, Major League Baseball waited to announce the schedule. However, it is officially out. Monday night's game will start at 8.07. First pitch, Garrett Cole takes on Blake Snell. Game 2 will be the same thing. 8.07 from Petco Park in San Diego. You'll have Tyler Glass now against To Be Determined. Aaron Boone's really hush-hush as to who is going to start that game. We'll get into that in just a moment. Game 3 will be a 7 o'clock start from Petco. And again, the Yankees don't have an announced starter. They will be opposed by Charlie Morton. And then if there's an if game on Thursday, it'll be 7-10. And the same thing on Friday, same time, same place, that 7 o'clock slot for that, what would be the final game of this American League Division Series matchup. Now, Game 2 starter. Who do you give the ball to in Game 2? To be honest with you, I think it depends on what happens in Game 1. If Cole wins Game 1, I'd be more inclined to go with Jay Happ in Game 2. Now, there's a couple of logic reasons behind this because, number one, if Hap could get you a win in Game 2, you're up 2-0 and you still have Tanaka in your back pocket. Now, the logical thing may be to just keep the same thing and go Cole, Tanaka, but I really think that the Yankees are going to play it by ear and see how Cole does. If Cole goes seven innings and the Yankees win and don't really have to tax the bullpen, they could try to slide a Garcia or a Hap into that Game 2 slot knowing that their bullpen is fresh. And then give Tanaka a little bit more rest and get him ready for Game 3. Because obviously, let's lay it out. Like I said before, if the Yankees win Game 1, they need the combination of Tanaka, Hap, or Garcia to win one of those next three games to force a Game 5. Because obviously, if there's a Game 5, you expect Cole to be on the mound on short rest. That's just how he's built. That's just how you would have to imagine it plays out. So you're hoping that one of those guys could get you a win. Maybe they go with Garcia Maybe they go with Happ in Game 2. They'll probably go based off matchups, and they'll look at the analytics of it, and they'll make the decision that they feel is best for the organization. But I think that the reason why Boone is waiting is because he wants to see what happens in Game 1. Obviously, if you lose Game 1, you're going with Tanaka in Game 2 because that becomes a must-win game for your team. But if they win Game 1, I could see them trying to get a little creative and try to mix and match. Heck, maybe even Jordan Montgomery figures in somehow. I think they play it that way because I do feel that they're not very confident with the starting rotation the way it is. And with the no days off, it does make you strategize a little bit more than you necessarily would uh, in other situations. Now, 
In terms of lineup, Higashioka obviously behind the plate in game one because Cole's on the mound. I would have no problem keeping him behind the plate for all of his starts. Sanchez hit a home run in that game too. It was a big swing. I do think that you have to keep him in the mix. And obviously, you expect him to be behind the plate in game two. But here's my thing. Late in the game, you have to go to Higashioka. Do not let Sanchez's defensive woes get the best of you. That's something that we almost saw in game two. Even after he hit the home run and the momentum was high, I still would have taken him out to sure up the defensive side of the ball, especially with how close that game was. So Higashioka gets to start in game one. I'm definitely open to seeing Gary uh, for the other games of the series unless calls on the mound. I said it in the last show, and I kind of want to go back on it. I would give Clint Frazier to start in game one against Snell. I, I would because the lefty against the righty, that, you know, I think that Frazier has a lot to prove. I would let Frazier start. But in the same token... As soon as Snell's out of the game, I probably would bring in Gardner for defensive purposes and kind of strip that way. And again, you can see how the game's going. It's not a matter of, you know, you have to make a decision before the game starts. It's not like you have to write it out and say, okay, as soon as Blake Snell comes out of the game, I'm removing Frazier. No, that's not the case. Frazier's playing well. He's doing great defensively. You keep him in. But I would give him the start in game one. In game two and game three, you face the right-handers. I would go with... Gardner in left. I really would. You know, he had a good series against Cleveland. He had a couple of big hits in that one. I just like the matchup with Frazier against the left-handed pitcher in game one. And if you're going to mix a match with guys like Higashioka and, and Sanchez and, and figure out what works best for you, you might as well do it with Frazier and Gardner as well. Uh, Gardner's a veteran. He's been there. I, I said on the last show I didn't really want him to start in the outfield, and I apologize on social media for those of you who saw it. But... He's a guy that I still think would be in the mix, especially given that he had a really good series in Cleveland. But game one, I'm going with matchups. I want to see Frazier get the at-bats against Snell. And then from there, I wouldn't change the lineup. I would keep everything the same. Hopefully it keeps working. Hopefully this Yankee team continues to roll. Now, you may be wondering when our next show is. It's simple. At the conclusion of the series, we'll break it all down for you, just like we've been doing throughout the entire season. If anything big happens, injuries, important factors come along, we'll break it all down for you. We'll do a special show. We'll let you know about it. But until then, we're going to wrap it up. And today's episode is one that leaves you excited. It leaves you anxious. It leaves you any kind of emotion you could think of. Because I don't know about you, but I can't wait for 8 o'clock on Monday night. Remember to follow us on Twitter at PinstripeTalkND, my personal account at Nick underscore Delahanty. Find us on Facebook by searching up Pinstripe Talk Podcast. Our show is powered by Delahanty Media. Find us on Facebook, Delahanty Media, and also on Instagram by the same name. Go to our website, DelahantyMedia.com, for all the latest news and updates regarding all of our shows. And while you're there, go to our store, buy some gear, support our brand, help our brand grow. Be our public advertisers. We appreciate all the support we do get. And as you already know, the Pinstripe Talk podcast is available on all podcasting platforms. Check us out. Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, rate, and review the show on there. Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. You name it, the show is there available for you. And like I mentioned earlier, you have some homework. Share the link with your buddies, your friends. Let them talk Yankees baseball with us because we're excited to cover the Yankees and much more. It's ALDS time, people. Get those pinstripes on and let's get ready to rock and roll. And hopefully, 
sometime this week, we'll have a very, very positive podcast, which will cover the Yankees heading to the American League Championship Series. But again, I say it all the time, only time will tell. But all we can do is get ready for first pitch on Monday night, 8 o'clock. We have a date with Garrett Cole. Let's hope that goes well for us. Let's hope this series ends up in our favor. And, you know, I would love to do some more shows over the next couple of weeks heading deep, deep into the postseason. So hopefully the Yankees continue to play some good baseball and get past their division rival in the Tampa Bay Rays. Thank you all for tuning in today. This has been another episode of the Pinstripe Talk podcast powered by Delahanty Media. I am your host, Nick Delahanty. Is it too early to get my pinstripes on? I've been rocking them all week. I am excited for this series to get going. Let's go, Yankees. We'll talk to you really soon. And as always, take care, everyone. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.